Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well today. I'm excited to welcome on Lorenzo Alexander. Uh, We're bringing him back on the show. He joined us in February right after he retired from the NFL. So we got to hear all about how this year has been for him and and how he's handling uh, 2020 and all the craziness. And and so I think you'll uh, be very encouraged by what he has to share today we uh we went in a couple different directions as well we, we talked flag football we we talked about some of the work that he does uh as a coach and then also with his foundation aces foundation and and so uh it's just a really interesting conversation and and i know you'll enjoy it uh stick around at the end of the interview i'll give you a couple more things to unpack and a couple of my takeaways from the conversation before we jump in let me ask you this do you need health insurance? We'll get quotes for individual health insurance plans at healthmarketgenius.com. That's healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options and please support them as they support us. So let me, uh, let me give you a little bio on Lorenzo Alexander. So uh, he retired at the end of last year at the end of a, a 15-year career that, that began back in 05. And he spent time with the Panthers, Redskins, Cardinals, and Raiders, but finished his career up with the Buffalo Bills. And he really thrived as a linebacker, but he also, throughout his career, played a little O-line, D-line, linebacker, fullback, tight end, and every special teams unit. So this is a football player. And and so you, you always hear that. It's kind of a funny thing. Oh, he's a football player. This guy, are you kidding me? To be able to to play all those positions, that's impressive. Uh, but but he's also a a husband, a, a father. He he's won the the uh, uh, athletes in action call to courage award. He's been recognized as his team's Walter Payton of the year twice, and and then also uh, as far as on the field, two time Pro Bowler and was uh, a member of the second team All Pro team as well so you can check out his website lorenzoalexander.org but right now let's jump in our conversation with former linebacker from the university of california 15 years in the nfl lorenzo alexander intriguing guests and inspiring conversations this is unpacking it with bryce johnson And joining us right now on the Unpacking It podcast is one of our favorite guests, former NFL player, 15 years in the NFL, mainly at linebacker, played some other positions as well. 
Uh, but you can check out LorenzoAlexander.org to find all about Lorenzo and all that he's up to now, uh, especially with the Aces Foundation and the great work that he's doing uh, with his foundation. Lorenzo, great to have you back on. How are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, you know, things have been going well. Uh, I know amongst this pandemic, uh, there's been a lot of craziness and a lot of ups and downs, but uh, out of it, you know, trying to always find the silver lining and trying to grow and be better. But I think the biggest thing is just having the opportunity to, to spend with the family, the kids, and kind of re-know uh, your kids, get to know them a little bit more intimately, especially uh, my wife, too. So uh, it, it's been this, uh, it's been a good time for me, I'm, even though I know there's a lot of heartache and um, in the world right now. I've, I've been able to make the best of it and then serve where I can and probably try to close that gap. Man, no, that's awesome to hear. And, and so for you, though, like two things were kind of going on this year that were different. Of course, all the, the things that the world is dealing with that are different this year. But then for you, not playing in the NFL after such a long career, and that was the, the normal routine of your you know, schedule and year and all that. I guess, how have you even navigated both of those things and, and just the, the change and the difference that life is for you now? Well, I think because... It's really been a four-year period of me transitioning away from the NFL, and this wasn't something that was spur of the moment. You know, I wasn't cut. I didn't get injured. Uh, I wasn't told you're too expensive. It was really my decision and my family's decision that last season, as in 2019, would be my last season playing football. Uh, and so with that, I was really intentional about the transition and, you know, what I would be doing next. I had time to process it from a you know, physically and mentally standpoint. Um, and really just, you know, surrounding myself with people that have gone through it, asking questions, trying to see what worked, what didn't work. Um, and so I really haven't struggled, at least from my perspective, you know, as much as maybe you hear some other guys do, hmm. uh, because I stepped away uh, knowing that I was going to do it. It was my choice. I was prepared in the sense of, you know, I kind of knew what, I, what else I was going to step into, you know, hmm. as far as media. I uh, wanted to go back to school. I uh, wanted to coach my kids, which I'm doing. And so I have all these things that have kind of kept me busy and um, have helped me shift. Mm. And I've also been one of those guys kind of just throughout my career, you know, I, you know, I um, developed a relationship with Christ. And I think just over the last, I mean, that was 2007 when I gave my life to Christ. So what is that? 13 years now where I've, I've really transitioned away from, football being my foundation or football being my, my purpose mm. where more is more. Now I see it as a vehicle uh, for me to live out my purpose, you know, right. And, and my ultimate purpose is, is loving God and really serving his people. And so now yeah. that the vehicles is shifted, my purpose hasn't changed. And so I think because of that, um, I still can live life to the full because I know what I'm connected to. I know what I'm doing it for. And so it's really been a blessing. I was telling a story to somebody earlier, you know, you, ah, you don't wish you don't you play. I'm like, not really. I, you know, <laughs> I see these guys flying around. I just realized how crazy it is, Yeah. but I've been able to coach now, you know, coach my kids. And that's another, a new vehicle that I'm using to serve, you know, God's people. And I'm getting the same type of excitement out of it, you know, doing flag football, watching the kids grow, develop. That's part of the football player. You see your team develop, you develop as a football player, and then we got to the playoffs. It was kind of like a, a winner go home mentality in youth football. And I got nervous, you know, butterflies. I was anxious, excited for the kids, excited for me. I was on a call. And so I had the same feeling. 
without all the, the, the bruises and, you know, headaches and all the other stuff that comes with playing football. Um, and so I'm still, uh, I'm still filled. I have a lot of joy and, and a lot of passion. And so I'm still enjoying life and not playing the game hasn't created any type of, uh, you know, anxiety or depression, um, at least thus far in my life. Man, that's, that's awesome. So encouraging to hear. Cause like you say, that's not the case for everybody, but uh, it speaks to your, your faith and, and your planning and, and being ready to, that was the right time to, to, to move forward. And I, I got multiple things to ask you from some of the things you said, but you, you mentioned coaching flag football. And I'm curious, at what point did you start playing football and specifically tackle football and kind of what's your thought process on what age kids should play with pads versus right. playing flag football as long as you can? Because to me, that's a fascinating option yeah. that, maybe not everybody fully embraces that uh, what flag football can do. Right. Well, uh, for me, I didn't play until high school and it wasn't by choice. Um, I was just a bigger kid. And in the state of California, it was about weight. And I was eight and I would have had to play with 12 year olds. And obviously if you have kids or been around kids, you know, there's a significant difference between being 12 and being eight from a physically and a mentally standpoint. So my mom wasn't having it. Um, and so I didn't play ball until high school. And, you know, I think because of that experience and, and seeing where I was still able to develop and grow and get a scholarship and obviously play in the NFL that you don't necessarily need to put all those reps on your body when you're young. And when you watch youth football, I mean, I, if you decide you want to do it, that's great. But my son, who's who's 10, can get the same benefit of, of being an athlete, flying around, you know, trying to pull flags. I remember Barry Sanders saying he, he – he got good because he played flag football and nobody could pull the flag. And if you can't get close to me to pull a flag, you definitely gonna get close to me to tackle me. So I think there's some positive to it um, in that sense of you kind of take the physical nature out of it. And you can really focus more on fundamentals and technique, because when you put pads on, you just out there just trying to make something happen. You just going to fly around. And some of the times, some of the fundamentals of what makes you a good football player kind of gets pushed to the side. And then number two, obviously, from a, a head and body and just overall uh, physical health, um, the longer I can push that out as far as having those hits, having those repetitive hits, you know, if my sons play interior line, that I can push and maybe add some years on the back end of their career, which, you know, two is now is more fruitful because now they're making a living off of it. And then they also have another year of playing in the NFL that gives them a platform to serve and really utilize that much how I have to, you know, help the community, you know, uh, speak out for the voiceless in different ways. And so that's kind of how I see it. Um, But I I completely understand for those that want their kids to play. I think the biggest thing is making sure that whoever's coaching your your son or daughter is uh, educated, informed, and is doing it in the safest way possible when they're out there, especially when they're in pads and and everything that we know about concussions and CTE um, and all those type of things and really making sure that we're watching out for our kids and not just putting them back out there in, in, in that old school mentality of being uh, tough, which I call dumb tough, when our kids are really hurting. Man, no, I, I appreciate that perspective. And I don't know, growing up, I just didn't have that opportunity to play flag football. And I, I wish that I did because I, yeah. I, was, too, I was too soft. I, play, I played with pads, but just wasn't any good. Whereas I played in the backyard and, you know, it was fast and all that kind of thing. But I went out on the field with the pads and it just wasn't the same. So I yeah. think that would have been, a, you know, I think it's a great outlet for, for certain body types and skill set or those yeah, that develop later. In that yeah, and, and to that point, I mean, it's really grown. It's really take, taken off. Um, I think because of the, the, the physical aspect of tackle football, I think parents are more open to letting their kids get in the flag and 
like you said, you can be more athletic. You don't have to worry about the contact. You can develop your your toughness per se and get acclimated to the game. Allow your mom to get understand what's going on, so they feel safe once you decide to transfer over. And then nowadays, you can actually so it's, it's, it's some programs out there where you know even our daughters can get full ride scholarships to college. So the game has really grown. The NFL is doing a great job of trying to make it uh, accessible to all kids. You don't need to buy a helmet or pads or any of that stuff that's expensive. And have it in, in a lot of communities and, and a lot of kids can play. And now they're trying to make it an Olympic sport. So there's a lot of things that's grown around the game of flag football that has made it, I think, to the forefront of youth sports and, and really how you can continue to um, utilize it as a platform to go on and get your education. And then even on the national stage when we're thinking about the World Games and the Olympics. Man, I love it. That's cool. We we host a, a a flag football tournament around Thanksgiving here in Charlotte. So uh, it's for it's for men. So men kind of brush off the uh, the retired cleats and, and come out and play. But it's it's a lot of fun. So uh, no, I appreciate you sharing about that. And and so the other thing that you mentioned about going back to school, what does that mean? What does that look like? What what are you hoping to do by by yeah. doing that? Yeah, I I I've. You know, I, I've been around long enough. I've talked to a lot of people outside of the game of football and, and really even people that are in the game that have transitioned or, or in different fields. And you realize that I think we're all are gifted with an innate, you know, ability to do certain things better than others or, or gifted in whether it's leadership, speaking, understanding math, English, wh- whatever it may be. But there's also a unique skill set that goes along with each new challenge or genre that you jump into, right? So I can't just say I'm a transfer from football and become a doctor per se without going back to medical school, right? Mm. And so I'm taking that same type of mentality because I want to serve the community. I have my foundation. I want to build a, a youth center. I want to continue to coach, but I can't do that without educating myself with, from an academic standpoint, I have a lot of practical and life experience dealing with youth and, and my own personal experience coming from a low-income household. But there's a lot of studies, research that have been done that's going to only help elevate me. The same thing I watch when I watch game film, I understand what my opponent does, so then I can be more impactful. So that's what school is going to do for me. I just applied for grad school at Cal. I'm going to wait to see if I get in, but it's a social welfare uh, program with an intersection or emphasis in sports. And so just identifying kids, um, you know, trauma that they might have to endure, you know, uh, low income households, what does, you know, living in certain neighborhoods and the construction of those neighborhoods look like and the different issues that come. And, and so from an academic and a research standpoint, and I combine that with my practical experiences that I already have, how do I combine and combine those two and then create programming that's going to help develop kids and make them well-rounded make them feel whole and then very productive in, in life and be able to thrive and then give back and create a positive life cycle, especially from communities where I come from, you know, inner city, Oakland, minority communities, low income, and this really help them. And so even though I have a great heart, I want to make sure that it is an informed heart and I'm doing the right thing by them by continuing to educate myself. Man, that's awesome. I, I love that. And, and, and thinking about, you know, your heart for reaching that, that, that group and then kind of what you're used to growing up. Is there a specific issue or, or problem that you're, you're most passionate about or you're setting out to say, you know, th- this one issue, 
I really want to lean into, or is it a yeah. little bit more of a general? Uh, yeah, approach? I don't think there's really any one issue because they everything overlaps. You know, when you start looking at, you know, low income, you know, minority neighborhoods, you know, you think about poverty, you know, what is and what does that lead to? Well, why, why is there poverty? Well, maybe there's only a single family household. Well, why is that? Well, maybe it was crime in the area and the, and the dad is incarcerated. Uh, well, how did that happen? Well, his dad was in it too. And so you get some systemic things that have been passed on generationally. And then out of that, some trauma happens. You know, maybe a, a child is taken by the state. And so there's just so many issues that overlap that there's not one issue. I think I did, I, I'm identifying that there are, um, there's a, everybody has a, an ability to be great in this, in this world. God has gifted us to do that and the ability to do that. But sometimes our circumstances and environment in, in it block us from seeing who we truly are. And so what I'm trying to do is, is help kids, help families remove as many of those barriers. Um, and maybe that's just having an understanding of this is how you overcome these barriers, but trying to remove as many of these barriers as possible and also help them understand what they've been gifted to do and the abilities that they do have so that they can be successful. So I guess that's, it's a very general and vague, but there's a lot of overlapping issues that I want to attack. I want to help develop the young man, young lady, you know, education, you know, life skills, um, um, give them some will, a wisdom and knowledge of how you navigate, you know, high school to get to college. And then what does that professional realm look like for you? But then I also, also understand that there are some policies and the ways of doing things that is also pushing back on them from them and able to, to walk a straight line. So not only do I want to help the individual, I also want to challenge, you know, our local government uh, officials on policies that are in place that are inhibiting certain groups from achieving, you know, the American dream or achieving their success or being the best version of themselves. And so I want to work on both sides, um, you know, especially here in South Phoenix, um, I live in Arizona and that's where I'm, this is the community that I'm in. And so I want to help serve and, and just start identifying those, those things and those different issues where I can help push. And, and once again, use the privilege of being an NFL player, uh, the relationships that I gained from that, the resources that I earned from that, and then be able to give back into the, into these communities. Gosh, it's incredible. It's inspiring. And I think too, I, I guess I'm just curious your, your thought process on the reality that, for you, the NFL was a tremendous opportunity, and, and you look back at your, your, your background and upbringing and, and some of the, the obstacles that you were able to overcome to make it to the NFL, but the reality is you know, not everybody's going to have that chance, and oh. not everybody's physically gifted to do right. that, and so in your kind of messaging and your approach in, in reaching the, the next generation of kids and, and, and letting them catch a vision for what life can be... Right. Yeah, how, how do you approach that knowing that, hey, everybody's not yeah. going to have my story and, and the NFL dream, but, man, there's so many opportunities out there for these guys. Well, there's, there's a couple of things. So, obviously, right now I'm dealing with mostly youth, right? Kids are around my kids' age, anywhere from 18 to – or 8 to, let's say, 16 to 18, right? And everybody's gifted differently, as we said, but at youth sports, everybody gets to play. And so I'm being intentional about when I'm out here even coaching flag football – um, when we're going through drills um, or we're working out, for example, yesterday was all about self-control. And so I was like, obviously, when I'm looking at you, you're going to give your best effort. Right. But when I'm looking at somebody else, what type of effort are, are, are you giving? Mm. Um, are you working just as hard? Are you jumping just as high? Are you going to take a little bit off because I'm not looking at you? Wow. And so then I try to transition to that into life. 
Like you're not going to always have somebody looking over. Your parents are going to always be there. So develop those habits. So when they're not there, especially when you go to college or even in high school, you have a little bit more freedom. You're still doing the things you need to be doing in order to achieve your dream because it has to be yours. So that's one way that I'm utilizing sports to help them um, outside of the outside of becoming a professional athlete. Because obviously, like you said, everybody's not going to do that. But the practical skills and knowledge that you gain from it, you can use whatever you decide to do. It, it, it really doesn't matter. Doctor, lawyer, teacher, um, you know, garbage man, you know, executive, uh, business owner. There's a lot of things that you get out of sports that is just life lessons. And we have to be intentional as coaches to be able to speak to those and make the connection to why it's important to do certain things versus telling the kid, just go, hurry up, do your best. Well, what, what, what does that mean to them, right? So just trying to make those connections. And then two, yes, everybody's not a LeBron James. Everybody's not you know, going to play 15 years in the NFL. Everybody may not even play in college. You may not be good enough to get a scholarship, right? But if you love sports, um, there, there are so many opportunities in the realm of sp- sports that you can still be a part of the game, even though you're not the guy that people, we're talking about on Sports Center or Twitter or whatever outlet that you use, right? But for me to get on the field every day, I had a physical therapist, I had a massage therapist, um, I had a coach, right? I had scouts that brought me in, um, general managers that run the team. I have somebody that's working on my marketing side, my foundation side. Uh, you know, I have an agent. Um, there's so many things around it. You know, these organizations are using analytics, so you study the game. Um, you know, how do you? understand information that you can help a team win. So there's a lot of supportive opportunities around the realm of sports. And I just named a fraction of them. I mean, there's a ton of stuff from an individual player all the way to the organization, all the way to the, to the NFL level of places where you can find your own niche, which in the realm of sports where you're not necessarily the athlete, but you're still connected to a professional football franchise or league. So I'm also trying to expose kids to that because I don't want people just to say, well, I'm an I'm a athlete and that's all I am and that's what I'm going to go for. Great, you feel that way. But even if you're done, even if you play 15 years like me, I'm 37. So what I'm supposed to go now, sit on my hands and not, and not be productive, not continue to build a legacy, not continue to pay it forward and impact people? No. So you have to develop other areas of, of, of who you are, other vehicles, right, so that you can continue to serve um, after one may, may stop for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, age, you age out or you change your mind or God pushes you in a different direction. Um, you always want to equip yourself to be able to be used and be used at the highest level. Therefore, why I'm going back to school. So if God opens up, Hey, you want to run a boys and girls club? Yes. Boom. I've, I've, I've equipped it myself, right. To, to be able to walk into that, even though God, God has provided, but I've also worked alongside him. So then I can do the best job I possibly can Versus just doing a mediocre job with the opportunity that he's given me. Amen. No, that's awesome. And I, I kind of relate to, to what you were saying too, because I was cut from the eighth grade football team. So I wasn't going to be playing uh, <laughs> in the future. And yeah. then from a ministry standpoint, I always kind of had this pull to be a pastor. And so I thought, oh, okay, I have to go the, you know, the church pastor route. And then God gave me the vision to incorporate sports and faith. And now I've got a ministry for sports fans. And, right. and so, you know, he equipped me and, 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 you know, enabled me to, to do this. And so, um, yeah, so I could speak to, to that just from, from my own perspective. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's letting the next generation know what's out there, what's possible and, and not having that narrow mind. Right. Uh, and that's, so that's cool. So I appreciate you, you, you being in the community and, 
uh, coaching those kids and, and letting them know some of those things. That's a, that's a cool thing. Well, the, uh, the other thing I, you mentioned earlier as well, just you know, this year has been actually positive for you. You've made the most of, of the, the circumstances uh, that you kind of alluded to. And so I'm curious from a, a faith perspective and, and kind of a spiritual growth standpoint, what, what have you maybe learned or in, in what ways has, has God uh, grown your faith in the midst of transitioning from the NFL, right. being home with your family, and, and, and going through everything that kind of we're, we've all been going through th- this year? Yeah, I, you know, I've had a couple of instances in my life where things have, have uh, appeared less than ideal, right? You know, so whether it was me getting injured or being cut or anything, something like that, that prevented me from living life as I normally would, and right? And COVID has done that um, to us in many ways. It's even taken many of our lives, right? And so I have tried to, in those times, try to find the positive, okay, what is God telling us to do? And when he essentially shuts down the world, to me, that's saying, okay, I need to, I need to slow down a little bit, right? I need to take a big breath, especially in our country where it's hustle and bustle. I'm like that, just wired like that too. I'm a yes guy, everything. Hey, can you help us with this? Can you do this? Yes, 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 yes. And then you forget about some of the centralized things in our lives as far as obviously getting in the word with him, really dialing into your own family, your own personal ministry that you have at home. Um, and so I've, I, I, especially early on when the kids were at home, I really tried to focus on that thing along with my wife. She did an excellent job of setting up a schedule um, where we every morning would carve out time uh, to get into the word. And so we would do daily prayer meetings, essentially, where, you know, we would meditate, we would calm ourselves, read a scripture and then discuss the scripture. And so it was a great time to kind of start just building some foundational skills for my kids as far as the scripture and what it meant and building some character in them. And also for me, gave, God gave me an opportunity to kind of learn them uniquely because they're all they're definitely uniquely gifted and definitely uh, wired differently. And so just as a father being able to, OK, how do I communicate trying hard to my daughter versus what is what does it mean to give great effort to my six-year-old and so you know because they they receive differently um and so it gave me a chance to really intimately get to know them also Mm. just spending more time my wife you know doing the brunch dates dinner dates things that you you tend to neglect when you're playing or you don't have the time to do um we got a chance to go to uh pao which is professional athlete outreach where a group us a big conference where married and single professional athletes get together and just dive into the word and worship. And it's just really good to be able to cut on each other in, in that way and, and grow. So those are some of the ways. And then also starting to try to build, uh, I guess my circle here of, of, of people that I can do Bible studies with, be open with going through those things, you know, using a Bible app and, and doing group, group Bible studies. And so really, I've really had a lot of time to kind of dig into that. Cause if that's one thing where I am inconsistent and is, is making sure that I get into the word every single day. And so I, this time allowed me to have more than enough time to kind of mm. establish a habit um, so that I could, I could feed myself every single day with the word and get to know him more intimately. Um, and now, now when I do have those times where I kind of get away from it, I, I'm able to kind of refocus and get right back into it. So I think that's the way I've grown a little bit. I'm still working towards it to where I'm is consistently every day. That's I've grown probably the most there, just being in his word and, and getting to know him and in prayer a lot more these days. 
Amen. I, I love it. Well, as you were starting out talking about being a yes man and, and being busy and all that, I was shaking my head like a crazy person, but I was tracking right there, right there with you uh, because I, I can relate to that. And I've kind of been wrestling with it too, just especially with the end of the year, trying to finish a lot of things up and, and, and get things done and, and feeling kind of worn out just based on this, this year. But right. I'm just curious, kind of what, what have you learned from this this season of slowing down that you hope will continue because I think you know in some ways we've been forced to slow down um and then maybe we've other things have popped up because of what's going on yeah and it is starting to pop back up and speed back up and so I still I mean I still I I still wrestle with it so it's not like something I've completely overcome I actually I just took advantage of the time when nobody was asking I didn't have to leave the house to do anything but what I have learned about myself is that I have to minimize. I can't be all things to everybody because then I, I don't give my full effort. Mm. Um, and so even though I'm aware of that, it's just, it's just, it's, it's hard. And so I'm still trying to figure out, especially uh, with not having football now. And I think mm. this is probably the biggest thing I've, I've had an issue with as far as transitioning, right? Is that for a long time, the focus was around, football as far as how I would itemize things. I had the main football. And so I could say no easy. I got practice or I got meetings or I'm tired. I'm sore. I have to massage. I have all these things. I have a game or whatever it may be. I have to train. So I was able to push a lot of things out. Now that I have all this free time, you know, I, I, I yes, this thing, but this is over here, something completely different, but I can do that too. And so I've, I'm a little bit more scattered. Mm. So I am trying to work on focusing that down to really like two or three things that I can do really well and really efficient at a high level. And I'm still working through that because as I go back to school, I'm still doing, you know, media and broadcast. I'm I'm still trying to do some things in South Phoenix. And so even though they overlap, I don't, I don't, I'm still working on to get, find that groove of, what I established in football in my routine, right? Everything was kind of established, you know, for me. I had the off-season workout. This is my workout plan. Here goes OTAs. All right, we get a little six-week break. It goes training camp, the season. Um, and I had that groove. And so right now, I don't really have a schedule or routine, which I feel uneasy about because things are kind of just kind of pop up or something new kind of comes. And it's just kind of in flux, you know, there's no real structure yet. So that's kind of where I'm at. And that's kind of where I'm, I don't want to say falling short, but that's where I'm at in my process of trying to figure out how to truly transition and set up and establish that next thing and what that looks like. What's going to be included? What do I need to push out? And then how do I structure those things? So I have continuity in my life and I'm not all over the place. No, I think it's awesome. And I know that a lot of our listeners can identify with that because I, I know I do. And, and it's, it's just a, it's a challenge, but I think we have to be, uh, intentional and, and, and really evaluate, okay, what is, what is my schedule? What am I prioritizing? And what, what can I eliminate? What can I hand off? Right. All those kinds of things. Cause then like for me, I'm getting here at the end of the year going, all right, I can't keep this up. Cause I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting worn out. Um, and then, you know, with changes, we, my wife and I had a, a daughter a year plus ago. And so adjusting to that, and then yeah. all the changes that we've all experienced this year, adjusting to, to some of those things. So, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm right there in the, in the struggle with you, but I think that the most important thing for us is figuring out the rhythm of spending time with the Lord and being rejuvenated and 
equipped to attack the day with his power and strength within us, not relying on our own uh, abilities and, and our own strength. So, right. Yeah. That's the, I couldn't uh, say it any better. <laughs> that's the key and the encouragement for us. Well, Lorenzo, man, I could, we could talk all day. Uh, as we wrap up, I, I was going to lead with this, but we'll end with this. We got to talk about the Buffalo bills. They're, yeah. they're, they're doing well. And, and you're, you're hosting a podcast talking about the bills so people can go listen to you. Uh, give them kind of the info on that so that they can hear more but maybe give a little teaser as to how good this team is and, and, and what are your expectations kind of the rest of the way for them? Yeah. Well, you know, first doing a, the pressure front uh, podcast with Avalon media group and uh, JT Jeremy T- uh, Turner, which has really been cool for me and just continue to stay connected to the football world. And I'm doing a couple of other things, but you know, pressure front podcast, wherever you get your, your podcast from, you can check it out there, you know, Apple music, um, Spotify, all those type of areas where you push it out to, you can get it there. Um, and as far as the bills, I mean, they, they, I'm not surprised cause you know, I, I, I've had the unique seat of being there the last uh, three years, 17, 18 and 19 with Sean McDermott and the culture and environment that he has implemented and the way the guys and the men adopted that and made it their own. And so it's really been a, a Seamless progression, um, even for me, me walking out of the locker room with guys stepping up, being leader, and just continue to climb and take that next step. We've all seen the the, the growth of, of Josh Allen and, and him kind of stepping and peeking into that elite air of, 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 of uh, quarterback play. You know, I think he has like six or so 300-plus yard games this year. And he didn't have – he had zero, which I, I think I'm a little bitter about. That's right. I when know. I played with him, I was like, man, we couldn't get half of those last year you know we, we might have you know made a real run josh but it's, on, it's, josh. It's, it's part of it you know um, um I, i've just been very blessed to be a part of his maturation process how, how he's developed as a young man as a football player is really cool to see and this team is is something to be uh reckoned with because of the defense is starting to come around uh, guys are getting healthy and they're starting to hit their peak at the right time. And so if they can get there over the next couple of games and be able to sustain that, uh, I mean, they can compete with Pittsburgh, who they played this week, um, which would be a good primer game. And then and then they'll probably get a chance to see Kansas City again at some point um, if they're able to get out of that first round, um, which is a team that beat them early in the season. But this team is much better. They've had some adversity to overcome it. And I think they're a better football team forward and can shoot out with them or play a tough game as we see this defense gets better. So I'm, I'm excited for them. And, you know, if you're not a Bills fan, I, I get it. But if you can watch them play, they're going to make some noise. You can jump on the bad wagon if you want to, too, because nobody <laughs> serves the wagons like, you know, like the Bills Mafia. That's right. They're the best fans. They're so loyal. And I got to give it to them. So it's one of those things. Is this the year? Is this the year? Because we've kind of, you know, been teased over the years at right. times with the Bills. Um, but this, this, this year seems to be a little different. It really does. It'll be fun to see. So uh, it's, it's, I guess in, in one way, it's a bummer that you're not out there, but, but I'm excited for the stage and season of life that you're in and what an awesome 15 year career for you. And now you can sit back and enjoy yeah. being a bills fan and, and cheering this team on and, and, and talking about it on your podcast. And uh, also encourage everybody to check out Lorenzo Alexander.org. And you find out all the information about everything he's up to now, as well as the aces foundation and, and the great work he's doing there. Lorenzo, man, always great catching up and, and appreciate you being uh, honest, vulnerable, open with us. And, and so it was a lot of fun. I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate that. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. 
This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in the Unpacking It studio to unpack the conversation with Lorenzo Alexander. And, man, awesome to have him back on the show uh, twice in one year. Uh, he's, uh, he's insightful, thoughtful, interesting, and, and I thought we, we, uh, we went some, some fun directions with him. And, and going back to the flag football, you've probably heard us talk about the, the Charlotte Turkey Bowl. So we do a, a yearly men's flag football tournament. We had, I guess it was 28 teams this year. Uh, so it was a, a big day and, and a ton of fun. And unfortunately, I retired a couple years ago. Uh, but but even you know post college being able well, actually I played a little bit in college too just for intramurals it's just a fun sport it really is and I wish that I would have played as a, a 10 11 12 13 year old uh, I think it would have just kind of suited me as an athlete and so I think for kids the majority of kids I think this is a great sport for them to play instead of tackle football now there are some kids that are bigger kids and you know they, they, they develop earlier and and some of those kids yeah sure throw some pads on them get them out there and and they start you know getting getting ready for middle school and then high school football but but not everybody is is that way and so I was not very uh good or uh, you know physically able to uh to be a tough football player but but I was you know pretty good at soccer and basketball and those kind of things so flag football fits that uh, athletic skill set, <laughs> regardless of, of how how good or or bad you may be, but but just being able to run around and and, and grab flags and uh, run routes and 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 you learn those those skills. So anyway, I appreciated what Lorenzo had to say about that, and then also um, I think the, the the message and even for the people listening today that that Lorenzo was talking about with kids that love sports that want to work in the sports world. It doesn't mean you have to be an athlete or a coach. All the different, and I, I wouldn't have necessarily even thought of all the different jobs that he listed. And and I think for all of us, because we find ourselves at, at different times in our career where we're looking to do something different, and man, what's out there? And you think about your interests and uh, things that you would love to be a part of, and you think, ah, I couldn't do that. There's there's a way, and I think for from a ministry standpoint, it's key too. Because let me just encourage you in that, where you think ah, I'm not a speaker or I, you know I'm not a pastor, I'm not a worship leader. There are so many ways that you can serve God, you can serve His kingdom, you can serve His church, and and serve people um, with the gifts that God has given you, the spiritual gifts He's given you, the experiences that He's allowed you to have that that you can in turn use that leverage that and and you you know we all have to think outside of the box a little bit and and so to his point earlier with Lorenzo you know that that we were discussing about you know kids hey you love sports okay well you could be involved as a trainer as a an agent you know marketing person all those different things and so I would say from a sports standpoint, you heard about that. And then I would even say from a ministry standpoint, there are a lot of ways to get involved. And so if you want to even get involved with unpacking it, there, there are opportunities for you. It's not just, oh, you know, you want to host a podcast or you can't host a podcast. It's not necessarily about that. There, there are other ways to be involved. And, and so I think that's just good for us to, to consider and think about whether unpacking it or your local church or other ministries that, that are in your community to uh to to use your gifts and experiences 
uh, to, to help others. So that that's an encouragement for all of us today. Um, and then the other thing in regards to slowing down, and, and, and this is a message to myself, and, and I brought it up because I've been struggling with it. I'm, I'm ready for a break. I, I need to, to refuel, re-energize. Um, I'm at that, that point uh, in a big way. And so I think all of us have to recognize the importance of finding the downtime with the Lord. It's important daily. It's important, you know, kind of routinely in the sense, quarterly, weekly, yearly, where you're taking a break, where you're you're spending time with the Lord, and and really considering and understanding that God gave us the Sabbath, and what does that mean? What does it mean to take a day off every week, and 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 what if that day doesn't entail even you know working around the house? Uh, is that possible? Or, or catching up on work email on Sunday to, to prepare for Monday? What if we actually took that day off and, and filled it with downtime and peacefulness and quiet time with the Lord? And, and sure, going to church and, and worshiping and all that is awesome and excellent and, and part, of the, part of the deal, but also finding that alone time. Um, so a bit more of a, an extended time, I would say. I think it's important each day, and I think we can, you know, uh, try to spend as much time as as possible. And you can never spend enough time with the Lord. Um, but figuring out, you know, in this season of life, and 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 making the most of of the time that we do have, uh, the extra time, and 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 more importantly, prioritizing the time that we spend with the Lord, and prioritizing that quiet time and that that stillness. And so, so Lorenzo, you know, he he recognized this year a lot different without having his football schedule. And, and and being home and not having as as many demands, especially during that you know that March to I don't know May June time frame that we all experienced, and, and many of us probably enjoyed the 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 less hustle that we were experiencing, and, and in many ways it's probably picking back up, and the holidays end up getting kind of busy. You're trying to cram it all in and get things done by the end of the year, and make sure we we do family activities around Christmas and all of those things. They, they fight for our time, and so we have to be diligent, disciplined, intentional with ah, catching our breath, refueling, and, and, and resting in the Lord, and, and finding that, that stillness for our soul, and, and just being able to hear God's voice, reading His Word, getting you know, vision, clarity, direction, guidance for next year. Uh, and so I, I just encourage all of us to be able to to take that time over the next you know couple of weeks. Hopefully, uh, maybe once we you know, get through get through Christmas and before New Year's, uh, you know whatever it is for you, everybody's different. But for me, I love to read and I love to journal, and so I'm going to try to find time for that. Uh, but I've got a you know 16 month uh, today's actually 16 months for, but uh, running around the, the house. So, but I've got to I've got to fight through that a little bit and 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 prioritize and place a value on this is important for my soul for my relationship with the Lord which then translates into me being more equipped and energized as a father as a husband as a friend as a ministry leader all those sort of things and so I think I think that's a that's a message for for all of us today and so uh, Lorenzo got me going on it uh, but it's been on my heart uh, to, uh, to to slow down catch our breath refuel, but ultimately, it's got to be in the Lord. Um, that's 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 going to be the key. So we could sit and watch a Christmas movie, and that yeah, you know, that helps a little bit. But 
Uh, more importantly than that, let, let's get into God's word and every day. I mean, it's important every day. And, and then finding those those other parts of the year that that we go even deeper and and really evaluate our lives, evaluate what he wants us to do next. And and going back to the the point of our, our spiritual gifts and and how God has has given us uh, experiences and all that, asking him how how do you want me to use my gifts in the new year? And let's lay that, you know, in front of the Lord. Uh, and then be able to be still enough to hear the answer. So that's my encouragement for us today. Thanks for listening to the Unpacking It podcast. Thanks to Lorenzo Alexander for being our guest uh, again today, and hopefully we'll catch up uh, with him uh, sometime soon. I think he's an awesome guest to have on the show. His website, LorenzoAlexander.com. Well, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.